Hello and welcome to Single to Soulmate. I'm Tanya Alberti, spiritual teacher, channel and medium for spirit, and soul-aligned relationships coach and mentor to men, women, and couples who are looking to have rockin' relationships both in and out of the bedroom. I do this by helping you heal the pain of your past, connect to your intuitive awareness, and align with your own soul, thus stepping into the best and highest version of yourself in order to attract that one-of-a-kind soulmate love that you're longing for. But I think mainly the reason why I want to talk about this today is, is talking about specifically when to know if your relationship is something that can be worked on versus when it's time to walk away, you know, That's and, a good one. how to do that. Because I think it's, it, it depends on your personality and it depends on, you know, your individual um, commitment and, and how willing you are to be committed to a relationship. But at the same time, um, there are obviously specific signs and things that are going on that transpire in relationships that are um, not fixable, should I say, and something that um, are are examples of things that um, I think make it extremely difficult and toxic to stay. So, you know, there's those relationships where people are having problems, then they go to counseling, you know, so counseling works to a certain degree, you know, but you have to have both parties invested. So there are certain things you can overcome, but there are also times to know when it, when it's time to move on, let go, when the relationships run its course, when, um, it's no longer serving you, you know, that, that there are, there are things you can look for, and some signs and indicators as to when to leave, as to when you know it's time to leave, as opposed to, you know, trying to work on it and stick it out. So what what has been your experience in this area? Well, when I was married, I was so determined to stick to my marriage because I was, you know, um, raised as a Catholic. So I had this belief, once you get married, you have to, you know, stay in marriage, no matter what is happening. So before my spiritual awakening, I was devoted Catholic. So I was like, I'm going to be in my marriage no matter what is going on. And what happened was the divine intervention happened. So without going into too much details, um, I started to getting into spirituality. And then I kind of noticed the signs, like, is this like divine is telling me uh, leave this marriage? Because I wasn't happy and uh, it was very difficult for me to rebuild the trust with my ex because um, trust wasn't there from the beginning. I just found out like after my uh, wedding uh, he was pretending to be someone else, not just being himself. And that was my deal breaker, you know? So, but I was determined to stick to it. But a bunch of things happened to letting me know that that wasn't the will of the divine or my spiritual team. So I was like, hmm, this is interesting. So instead of like, 
uh, pushing against of it, I was like, maybe this is a direction I should be going. But I had to ask myself like four years every day, every day to ask me whether should I stay or not. So that was a part of the reason like um, I, I didn't, we didn't have kids because I didn't want to, I wanted to have a kids and, and, and you know, when I'm 100% for sure to stick to this marriage. And then I was asking the question every day. And then the uh, divine signs started to showing to me last two years of marriage. And then I started to have a physical symptom too. Like me uh, forcing myself to stay married. So it starts showing as a um, disease symptom like. But when I go see the doctor, they say, oh, you're fine. But like I have like same kind of symptom like endometriosis. So, you know, I went to nursing school. So I know like what it is like. And I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. And then it it can, you know, uh, I made a conclusion, maybe I was forcing myself to stick to my marriage. So that was my first biggest sign. How about yours? Yeah, I think um, in my case, and I've always had lengthy relationships. I never was somebody who kind of dated around casually for any length of time. I always ended up being in relationships for several years with people and, um, you know, anywhere from three to three to four years, five years. And when I got married the first time around, um, I knew, and this is the thing, when we're talking about spirituality versus just, you know, practical life stuff here being a human, but, um, from a spiritual perspective, my intuition told me literally right off the bat, like it was probably within two months of being married. I knew that I'd made a mistake. Like I knew it, I knew I did, but because I came from a family that was very, um, and I'm not, you know, th this is not any fault of anybody or I'm not criticizing this, but I came from a very Christian home and the belief was, you know, that you, I made my bed, I need to lay in it, so to speak. So in spite of the fact that I knew two months into our marriage that I really had no business being married to this guy, um, I decided that, well, you know, I did it. We had the wedding and now I'm married to this guy. Now I got to stay married, you know? And um, it's interesting because I think when it comes to choosing to end important relationships, you know, it can be a difficult decision. Um, even when the relationship is bad, you know, even if the relationship seems like it has lots of conflict and emotional pain, there's no joy, there's no support. Um, a lot of times people fall back on remembering how it used to be and they stick around because they're still hoping for that connection, you know, and a lot of times people tend to wonder, you know, if they're, if they are staying in a relationship that's full of conflict, maybe that will help them be stronger in the long run, you know, if they work things out and, you know, because I think sometimes after a period of conflict, relationships can be stronger, but, you know, our attachment and emotional investments tend to hinder us from looking at our relationships objectively. So we kind of fail to see the obvious reasons why a relationship isn't working anymore or why it was never working in the first place. In my case, 
I had multiple relationships that really were never working in from the get go. But the reason why I stuck around is because I had huge issues with worthiness and self-esteem. So my whole perspective, and this throws a whole nother wrench into it, but my perspective was I had to be with somebody to validate the fact that I was worthwhile and lovable. So anybody who was willing to be with me was good enough. So that was like kind of how I ended up getting stuck in, in situations like that. But um, for people who don't have that issue, you know, who have a healthy sense of self-esteem and who are in a relationship and they're wondering, you know, is it time to call it quits? When do you call it quits? I mean, from a practical perspective, there are definitely certain signs that you should leave your, your relationship. And, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of different opinions about this, but, um, and we can get into the meat of that, but when it comes down to it, that was really what, what made me leave, just to answer your question, what made me leave my marriage, um, basically I had gotten to the point where I had had my spiritual awakening and we had stayed together for 10 years and we had two kids and I was such a people pleaser. I had stayed in that marriage basically to please my parents and to please him because I was like doing everything for everyone else. And one day it was like, honestly, it was like a switch flipped in me. And I was about 37, 38 years old. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to live the rest of my life like this. I'm not going to live for other people. I need to start, you know, looking at what do I want? What do I want out of life? What do I want? Because I was in a marriage. I mean, we were friends, you know, he has a lot of redeeming qualities, but it wasn't like a passionate love affair relationship. It was like, we were brother and sister, like living like roommates. And, um, he wasn't happy. I wasn't happy because I mean, we were just kind of going through the motions, but you know, I cared about him, but it wasn't like I wanted, I wanted more. And one day I woke up and I realized, you know what? I want more than this for myself. And I deserve more than this. You know, I, I don't have to settle, but because I'd spent so much of my life feeling like I had to settle for whatever I could get, you know, it really wasn't until I had my spiritual awakening and started stepping into that realization that, you know, I am worthy. I am lovable. I am okay the way I am. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to make everyone else happy. It wasn't until I really got through a lot of that healing, that stuff from my past that I was able to really um, recognize that that I had value and that I was able to be worthy of a relationship that I wanted, not just settling for whoever wanted me. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Like in my case, it was more of, um, it was love at the first sight and then in, for both of us. And then in, on second date, date I knew I gonna marry to this guy but the big surprise was never expected you know and then basically I walk down the aisle to because one day before the wedding I found out like he was kind of pretending to be a guy I wanted him to be instead of being who he is to see we are comparable and that's the only thing I asked him because whole point of dating is to you know see if you're comparable but I don't 
you know, cancel the wedding because my relatives and everybody came in and then, you know, I was like, oh, he's going to go back to normal, you know. Um, I just kind of like talked into myself to say, hey, just do it. And then after that, I, I had to contemplate myself. And then we kind of like, I was kind of thinking if I compromise enough, because after that, I found out that we are so incompatible with each other. So um, if I compromise enough, maybe we get along, but we never got along. So we are like constantly fighting like every day. And then I didn't know too much about the compatibility because like we are so in love in the beginning. And then I started thinking like, wow, how come this is so difficult, you know? And then I learned, you know, after my marriage, uh, compatibility is very, very important. Like that's kind of like, you need some, some kind of compatible foundation you know, fi financial way of thinking or basic way of how do you want to raise the children or, you know, basic, basic stuff. Doesn't have to be the same kind of idea, but similar enough to agree on with each other. So that was my biggest lesson, but, you know, I, I was willing to stick to it, but because of my religion. And then when, spiritually like stuff were shown to you to say that is not the direction you should be going then you have to think again to see if i'm thinking right you know and that was my sign like a biggest sign to me and when you started to showing the physical symptom that's like showing extreme level of stress you're having you know um so I had a strong belief of when you got married, you know, especially to your soulmate or whatever. I was thinking this is like much made in heaven. And then it's like, you know, we had the big wedding at the Catholic church. And then this is it. This is it. And no matter what is happening, I'm just going to finish this marriage until death, you know, apart us, you know. So I, I was that committed but i'm i'm pretty sure there are people out there they are sticking to marriage because of their religious reason and then just like you said like me and him were like roommates or kind of friends so it was very difficult for me to um keep my passion because once you lose trust to each other or my trust to him it's very difficult to have passion toward that person. And then having intimacy and the passion is extremely important in happy marriage too. So, you know. Um, hi, Danielle. Today we're talking about the when to let them go and ending relationships. So if you want to join the conversation with us, you can raise hand and then you're welcome to talk with us. Yeah, Danielle's a very good friend of mine. <laughs> she pops in the room. I'm like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Um, yeah, so what I want to do too, you know, as we're talking about it, because we're combining this, you know, from a spiritual perspective as well as just a practical perspective. So there are a few things, like a few key points I wanted to touch on, you know, some are glaringly obvious, like 
why would you leave a relationship? Well, obviously, if there's any physical or emotional abuse, you know, because I want to touch on this trust factor that you brought up too. Obviously, anybody who loves you should never physically or emotionally hurt you. So you can't excuse abusive behavior from someone who claims to love you. Um, unfortunately, it's really hard sometimes for, for victims of abuse to move on from partners, but um, it's absolutely something that you need to do for your own safety needs and sanity to come kind of get out of that relationship, obviously. So that's kind of like the glaringly obvious one. Um, leave immediately. Cheating. Now, here's another big one. If you're in a monogamous relationship, cheating is absolutely unacceptable, right? It destroys the foundation of any healthy relationship. So when someone cheats on you, like you mentioned before, the trust, security, openness, and any of that relationship kind of just gets blown to smithereens. You know, you can forgive someone and lots of couples can successfully get over affairs. Um, however, if you're someone who can't handle the long and emotional process of accepting your partner back, because it is a long emotional process. Trust me, I know because I have been there. <laughs> I have done it. Um, and sticking around isn't worth it if you're not willing or you're not even emotionally able to go through that. And the reason why I say this is because um, before I was married to my husband now, um, we, and this is really kind of getting down into like a lot of personal stuff here, but um, we had been dating about four years and I knew he was my soulmate. I knew he was. I knew from the minute I met him that he was. And we hadn't gotten married yet. And he basically kind of went through this period where he was really kind of freaked out about um, having to have an instant family. He had kids from a previous marriage. I have two boys. Both my boys have special needs because they have autism. And my husband, now husband, um, at the time when we were dating was just kind of went through this period where he kind of freaked out about having to have the responsibility of having two children with special needs who probably will stay with us for the rest of our lives. You know, they probably won't be able to live independently. And he was really overwhelmed and it freaked him out. And rather than talking to me about it, he kind of pulled away and then ended up um, being with somebody else for a couple of months. Now, when I found this out, like he had, he had took, taken a job on the other side of the state and was over there for a few months while this was going on anyway. But um, so when that happened, Technically, we were, I guess, technically we were apart. We were kind of separated, I guess, if you want to call it that. So it wasn't like he was doing it under my nose. But the fact, it still felt like, you know, I felt betrayed that he was interested in being with somebody else after here I am thinking, you know, this guy's my soulmate. You know, we're supposed to be together. Why is this happening? And that level of trust took forever to reestablish for me. And like I said, it only lasted about two months he was over there and then he came back and was like, I made a huge mistake. You know, I should have never left, you know, you're my life and da, 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 and all this stuff. Well, it took a long time for me to work through all that because I felt that lack of trust. You know, here I am thinking that, you know, everything was wonderful and fine. And I had no idea that he was having all these worries, doubts, and fears about our relationship 
and that's why he decided to go looking elsewhere. And it took probably two or three more years after that before I really was able to let it go. And I, I mean, because I had um, a lot of not just resent, no, maybe a little resentment, but just, just that feeling like complete, like I was heartbroken and that I was in such disbelief, you know, that he would ever leave. And I just, it was devastating. It was absolutely devastating. And I know for people, even when your relationship feels solid, you know, um, when you have a past and something like that's happened, that proves to you that there's absolutely zero guarantee that you know what's really what's going on, you know, when they're not talking to you and you don't know. So for, for people who are in relationships where they saw no signs that their partner was cheating on them, or even in retrospect, they can't see where they could have done anything differently. Staying in a relationship with someone who's cheated on you like that will be like handing your heart over blindly to somebody you know will not take care of it. So it's unlikely that the person who's cheated will ever feel safe or confident moving forward if they were completely blindsided by that experience. Now, that's what happened to me. I was completely blindsided. Like I had no clue, no clue that he was talking to anybody else. And it like completely was like having the rug pulled out from under me. So the thing is cheating doesn't have to be physical. And that's the whole thing. There wasn't anything physical that had gone on, but it was emotional. And either way, that kind of hurt is not something anyone should tolerate. So that's when we cut ties. I was just like, well, if you're going to do that, that's fine. Then you go your way. I'll go my way. Well, we did work it out eventually, but that's one of those situations where you lose that trust. And if you don't have trust in your relationship, you, you can't have a relationship period. You just can't. And rebuilding that trust takes time. It takes commitment from both people. It takes absolute transparency. Like you have got to be a hundred percent transparent, you know, like, like both parties in order to be able to rebuild that trust again. So that's what we did. I mean, he gave me access to everything, all of his computer, all of his passwords, his phone, everything, not because I asked for it, but because that's what helped make me understand that, that he was sincere moving forward, that he wanted to stay, he wanted to recommit, he wanted to be in this relationship, he'd made a mistake, he was sorry, and he regretted it, and he was 100% transparent with, with me moving forward, so that I was able to have that sense of reassurance, and was, we were able to rebuild that sense of trust. Now, here we are, we're married now, you know, it, it was another five years together before we got married. So we were together for nine, almost 10 years before we even got married. But it was another five years after that incident before I was comfortable enough to say, yes, I'm, I 100% forgive you. And I'm 100% able to trust you again. But not everybody gets there, you know? And like I said, it's a long process. For me, it took four or five years. So that's something that you have to know 100% that you are able to handle that long and emotional process of accepting your partner back. Otherwise sticking around isn't worth it. If you, if you don't think you can do that, that for that long to rebuild that trust, it's not worth it.
so that's just one thing I wanted to bring up to you from my own personal experience. Yeah, and then besides, if someone is pretending like someone else to just to be liked and not showing the authentic part of the personality or authenticity, it's like there's no way to build anything, you know, because you were going out with fake person before and you thought that was a real person. And then, hey, he turned out to be completely different. How are you going to rebuild your trust? You know, I tried for years and then it was, then it was completely incompatible with each other. So like in that case, you know, if you find out um, the person is deceiving, he did it because he really loved me. So he wanted to show he's super compatible, but that wasn't him. But when you your partner is deceiving you, not the, it doesn't have to be cheating, but whatever the way. So it's very difficult to trust another person if the person isn't authentic, you know? And then it's very difficult to build the relationship when they are not showing up as who they are. So that's another thing to think about as well. Yeah, no, 100%. And also too, along the also in addition to, I should say, along the lines of trust, I think also that there needs to be a sense of purpose in a relationship. And when there's no sense of purpose, I think that's another clue as to when it's time to get out. Um, I believe we all need to lead, live meaningful lives and really dedicate ourselves to the people we care about. And having a sense of purpose is really important in a healthy relationship. Um, and conventional wisdom kind of says that, you know, men are attracted to women based on their attributes. But I don't really think that's true. I think more often than not, and I think this is in general for most people, they're attracted to the other person based on how they make them feel about themselves. So is the relationship providing them with a sense of pride and purpose? Does it fit in with your identity? Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like men and, and I'm not, you know, singling men out, but men have this biological drive to feel needed, to feel essential, to be able to feel like they're providing for the person they care about. Right. It's kind of like this hero instinct. This is built in desire that men possess that goes beyond even sex and love. And for a relationship to be successful, it has to give men a sense of meaning and purpose. They genuinely, they want you to genuinely want and need to have them around. Not as a best friend or a partner in crime or anything like that, but like that you need them. And that's like this biological drive, right? So by triggering that instinct and letting them know you know, that, that you do need them around, they're, they're going to see that relationship in a whole new light. Cause you're kind of unlocking this version of themselves that of himself that, that he's longed for may not even be aware of. So having that sense of purpose, a lot of times makes a huge difference. And when that's not there, you know, I think a lot of times if, if that can't be found and there is no sense of purpose, then, then that relationship most likely would be something that you'd want to, you know, bounce away from. And, Along also like what you were talking about, Erica, deceit. Deceit is huge. It's like cheating. Lies break trust. 
you know, white lies are one thing, but deliberately deceiving your partner is a serious, serious offense. And if your partner's lied to you about something significant or has continued to lie to you about a number of things, you really need to consider your relationship. I mean, prolonged exposure to lies and gaslighting can make any sane person turn crazy. Okay. I mean, pathological liars are harmful to people. And this whole gaslighting thing, I mean, the most disturbing thing about gaslighting is that even emotionally healthy people are vulnerable. And, you know, we naturally tend to defend and excuse and overlook concerns about the behavior of people who we're really attached to. So it's easy to overlook stuff like that when you're in love with somebody. But gaslighting kind of tends to build slowly and gradually over time. So it's something that you have to really consider. What kind of lies can you forgive? What kind of lies are absolute deal breakers? You know, I mean, if, if somebody's perpetually lying, I mean, you really need to look at that. And I know it sounds like, duh, of course, but not everybody does that. Not everybody, people tend to be very forgiving, especially when there's emotions involved. So it's something to really pay attention to. You know, if, you've, if you're with somebody who's perpetually deceitful with you, I really would recommend that you end that relationship because it's not going to go anywhere. You know, it, like I said, it all is based on that foundation of trust. And, you know, it involves lack of respect. Yeah, it is. Um, sorry, what were you talking about before deceiving? I wanted to at the point. Then I forgot my point. Oh, I was talking about cheating and trust. And no, and not um, having a sense no, of purpose. No, after that. Not having a sense of purpose. Oh, yes. Um, so the sense of purpose, um, it's very important to your life purpose and his life purpose to mesh with each other. So let's say um, if you want to do certain things in your career and he wants to do certain things in his career, doesn't have to be same kind of a job or same kind of industry, but you have some kind of aligned purpose as a team, you know, like, and then you can be supportive with each other's career and with each other's goal. So when you happen to have a kids, you can work at the harmony instead of um, having extra responsibility going to crush with each other. And then you started to stress out with this union because your partner is not supporting you emotionally, especially. So that's what I wanted to add. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree with you more on that for sure. Um, so the next thing I want to talk about too is lack of respect. And mutual respect is essential in any healthy relationship. Continually being disrespected is something you should never, ever tolerate, especially from someone who says they claim to love and care about you. And if somebody doesn't respect you, it means they don't value you. So it means that every decision they make is going to revolve around their own happiness and not yours. So how can you be with somebody who doesn't value your beliefs, your emotions, who doesn't value the fact that you even love them? You can't. I mean, you just can't. Um, so it's really just one of those things too, that, um, you know, it's hard to see the forest for the trees sometimes, you know, when people get involved and their emotions are involved in their, you know, they really love and care about somebody. And then all of a sudden these things start happening where 
you know, and a lot of times it, it happens very slowly and they may not realize it in the moment, but before you know it, and you've got people that are in situations where they're completely being disrespected all the time. And absolutely that's a sign that you need to get out of that relationship because if they don't, they don't respect you, they don't value you. And yeah. then, um, emotional distance is another one. You know, are you growing apart? Do you feel a significant amount of emotional distance from your partner in spite of working through your issues? You know, at some point it's tempting to admit that you've done all you could and call it quits. However, you know, the problem isn't necessarily you and it isn't even necessarily with him. Um, women tend to be more in touch with their emotions. Um, guys tend to struggle to process their feelings, which tends to leading to some commitment issues. But if you've ever been let down by an emotionally unavailable man, um, don't blame him. It's more his biology. <laughs> you know, I mean, they tend to struggle with this. It's pretty well known that guys have trouble, you know, because they're it, not only is it something they're not taught to do growing up, but it's part of their biology. Right. So, um, but can I add something on that? Um, yeah, of course. You can kind of like uh, uh, fool yourself to say, oh, that's how guys are. So I had to give a chance. I had to give a chance. So uh, my previous relationship, I was doing that. And then I wasted so much time by giving him a chance, you know? So um, what I learned from that experience was if a guy is like really, really committed to the relationship as much as you do, he'll overcome this, you know, disability of he can he cannot be emotional. He'll overcome whatever it takes him to be with you. So that's what I'm seeing from my uh, girlfriend's relationship or marriage. You know, their, their partner will make sure to work including some part that they are not good at. So uh, we cannot give excuse to him so many times to say that's what guy's biology. So that tend to um, give us a pass for a guy to be who he is. Of course, it's important to help him, not help him, but kind of give him a tool to work on himself to see if he wants to be more open or something. But if you're open and then he knows he's safe to be who he is and he still cannot, you know, uh, there's so many chances you can give him. And then, um, yes, that is a biology, but if he's willing to do whatever it takes to be with you, he can overcome that, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I was getting to that, I was just making the point that our brains are different. But I mean, 100%. I mean, I'm not saying tolerate emotionally unavailable men, and not at all. That's not what I mean. Because you're absolutely right. I mean, anybody who loves, cares, and respects you is going to work on getting to a place where they're able to emotionally connect with you on your level. And it may take a little practice. It may take a little time, but I mean, when it comes to it, absolutely. They will make that effort and they should, they should make that effort, you know, because you need to have that emotional connection between the two of you. And some guys find it easier than others. I'm just saying like, as a general rule, 
our brains are different. We process our emotions differently. We're, we manage, you know, we're taught differently growing up. Yeah. And no, it's not an excuse. But um, the other thing, too, I want to talk about is prolonged unhappiness. So obviously, all relationships aren't always going to be sunshine and rainbows, right? But if you find yourself more sad than happy, then there's something really wrong. You know, a relationship should add to your life, you know, whether it's passion, growth, motivation, you know, it, it should be something that's enhancing you. Otherwise, what's the point, right? So <clears throat> it might be this on the surface level looking like it's this great, perfect union. It's this great partnership. But if it lacks excitement, if it lacks the energy, that can be a really big warning sign that trouble's brewing. So if there's no growth, if there's no challenge, if their behavior is is passive and it's confined to the relationship, eventually you, you're going to have little, little to say to each other and then even less passion. And then if you're not getting your needs met, then they start looking elsewhere. You know, so there's that contradiction between your behavior within and outside of the relationship and eventually kind of cancels each other out. So you need to have that, um, you need to be constantly, you know, either growing together or, or continually having that, that energy and excitement between the two of you. Like I said, it's not gonna be perfect all the time, but it still needs to be there. And if you're unhappy more often than not, you need to leave. And also, yeah, when you started feeling so mundane to each other, and then um this is another sign when you feel like you're so lonely even though you're a couple that's a definitely is a sign you know you feel more lonely to be be together sleeping next to your partner but you feel so lonely that is a huge sign absolutely absolutely and everything is too and i find this was me this is something I used to do. You're afraid of being single. I mean, are the only reason why you're staying in the relationship is because you're afraid of being single. You should never settle for a relationship. And I know I'm like, I did it for myself so many times. I settled because I was so afraid of being alone. And there is a set of studies, I believe it was published by the American Psychological Association, that found that people who are scared of being single tend to end up in unsatisfying relationships. And what's worse is that they actually pursue relationships they know won't make them happy just because they're afraid of being alone. And this is what I did. This is exactly what I did. I maintained relationships. I stayed in relationships. I sought out relationships, even though I knew they weren't good for me, just because I was so afraid of being by myself. And these studies found that people who've settled are just as lonely and unhappy as single people, which means it doesn't really make a difference. They're just wasting their time and effort. They're just as unhappy and lonely as single people, even though they're in a relationship because they settled. You should never settle. Never settle for less than what it is that you want or less than what it is that you desire. Yeah, and then a lot of times you may find out, you know, after marriage, that is not the person you wanted. That happens, even though you didn't think like uh, you were settling and you thought that was a perfect person, but 
the things happens, you may find out um, extremely, you know, difficult to build a relationship with because there is a huge incompatibility with each other and stuff like that. So when things happen, um, of course, there's no cheating or anything, but these things happen. It's like very difficult for you to stay in marriage, you know, even though you're determined to stay. And then when your passion is gone and then you are emotionally disconnected with your partner, you try, but your emotional connection is more like a friend level, not like a wow, amazingly connected couple. Um, that's going to be very difficult to stay in the marriage. I mean, I kind of thought about how would my life would be if I tried to build on the relationship with my ex. And then I'm thinking, um, you'll be okay. That was my answer. You know, like, okay. Not a wow, I'm like ecstatically happy or anything. It'll be okay. And that's not what I want. So, um, yeah, I was thinking, yeah, I made the right decision. Because when you look at your friends, you know, um, still happy and married, and you kind of second think, like, maybe you should have stick to the marriage. Like, once in a while, you kind of think about it. But, but you know, especially when you thought about it long and hard enough, and then you have a lot of clear signs come came to you, you just know that was it. That was the right decision you have made. Because not every marriage is meant to be with forever. Some marriage, you know, I, I dealt with a lot of a client who, whether they are thinking about leaving, but they are not 100% sure about it, or they already had a marriage and they met second partner or third partner and thinking if they are twin flame, you know? And then you don't meet, sometimes you don't meet love of your life after you finish your first marriage or second marriage. And that doesn't mean you, you're failure, you know? People, some people tend to think like, oh, if you don't just complete your first marriage successfully, you're failure. That is a wrong thinking. Because um, winning lottery is probably easier than finding a partner you're meant to be with for the first time. So I feel like when you learn from your first marriage what you needed to learn, what, how, how you had to grow, so you know more clarity, you have more clarity, you know more about yourself, you know more about what you want, then you know how to get to your right partner. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's true of everything. You know, I mean, it's kind of like we, we're always learning, we're always growing, and relationships are really meant to help us really know who we are. They're, they're those mirrors to us to help us recognize 
who we are and, and understand who we want to become. So we're growing and evolving always with every relationship. So just because, you know, you're married once, twice, even three times, even doesn't matter. You know, relationships sometimes have an end point and they're sometimes they're meant to, you know, sometimes we're meant to learn certain things. And if that relationship is no longer, um, nurturing to you, then it's time for you to move on. And it's okay. It's okay. I think a lot of times there's such a stigma with, oh, you know, this person's getting divorced again. And especially in the more religious communities, you know, where they frown upon that, but it's okay. You know, it's all right to move on. And there's no hard and fast rule that says you have to get married. There's no hard and fast rule that says you can't consciously separate. You know, I mean, I think our relationships are, are okay. You know, it, I, I really believe that sometimes there's timetables, you know, that, that you come together with soul contracts and decide that for this amount of time, we're going to learn and grow together. And then we're going to separate for the better of the soul, for the betterment of the soul. And, and I think it's just something that you can't look at it as a bad thing. I think. And I, and I try to tell this too to my people, my my clients, that that if a relationship is ending, it's really a good thing because it's it's pointless to hang on to it when it isn't serving either one of you. Because yeah. not only is it not good for you, but it's not good for them. It's not good for that person either. Yeah, like um, I I provide Akashic Record reading um, when you know my clients are wondering like if they should leave their husband or wife or something because they are no longer resonating in the relationship, and then when we look at their um, soul record, I mean it's it's clearly indicate that was um, the time for them to go because they have completed whatever the lesson they needed to learn from each other. So what happened is when they try to prolong that relationship, the stuff gets deteriorated, getting worse and worse and worse and worse because the universal God or forces want you or even your higher self wanted you to leave the relationship and grow because you meant to meet with the other person who is waiting for you to be ready. So this is why it is very important to let go on the ending the relationship when you know they're suggesting you to leave and my biggest lesson in my marriage was i saw that sign you know uh, especially last two years so um it still took me two more years i mean that that two years beginning of like my uh third year no like second year to fourth year, I was thinking while I was seeing all these signs, I was thinking, and then took me another two years to think. So it's four years, but still, you know, when you see the signs, it's very important for you to pay attention and do not uh, kind of like say, use mind to say, oh, this is just I'm overthinking, or, you know, it's sometimes spiritually your way is shown and then when you try to keep on hanging on like you started to sing a lot of like bad things are happening to you means you know in your relationship and everything it's just they're showing you to by closing door to get out 
you know, that's a sign. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think the other thing is too, and, and I love that you brought that up too, about the, um, the fact that, you know, we've learned what we've meant to in those relationships and that it's okay, you know, that they've, there are certain relationships, you know, that are meant to have an end point, you know, once you've learned and, and usually, you know, your guidance, your intuition, your higher self will start nudging you. Hey, it's time to move on. Hey, it's time to move on. You know, and we all have free will. So we're going to do it on our own timetable, you know, because I had known a couple years, like I said, well, right from the very beginning of my first marriage that I really didn't make a good decision. However, you know, um, things were fine, you know, for a long time. I mean, it wasn't like this passionate love affair or anything, but, you know, it, it got to the point where my soul just kind of kept nudging me to the point where I was like, Hey, you need to move on. Hey, you need to move on. Hey, you need to let go. And the, I learned some huge lessons from that for huge lessons in that marriage, mainly about my own self-worth and self-esteem and, and setting boundaries and being able to stand up for myself, all things I never used to do. And had it not been for that marriage, I would not have learned those things. So, I mean, it, there are beneficial things that you can come away. If you can look at your relationships as learning experiences and, and look back without bitterness and realize that this was for a purpose, this was for a reason, I, I had this relationship for a reason and it was meant to teach me something and it meant to show me something about myself. Then it's much easier to move on and not hang on to that, you know, whether you're feeling heartbreaking, uh, heartbroken over a relationship ending or whether, you know, you've got hurt feelings or anger, or resentment, whatever, you can let that go when you realize that, you know, this was meant to help me learn more about myself to learn more about what I'm becoming, who do I want to be, who am I really, you know, and really understanding a better concept of who you are, not just as your person here on earth, but as your soul, you know, what is your soul looking to experience? So I think those are all important things to, to recognize and pay attention to. Um, but when it comes, I wanted to touch on a couple other things too about when it's time to leave, but I think one big thing and like I said, this is coming from loss of experience on my part. One big raising the Lego relationship is codependency. Anytime relationship. Okay. For relationships should have balance, right? It involves two people. You need to compromise, respect, and listen to each other. And in, in an unbalanced relationship, you're going to have one partner that's giving more than the other. And that's not healthy. A relationship is not a dictatorship where one person has to lead and one person has to follow, which unfortunately is what was taught a lot in certain religions. Um, it is not about one leading and one following. It's a team. It's a team of two people growing together. And codependency is something that happens um, like, here's some examples. Like, if any of these things are going on in a relationship, these are signs of codependency. So finding no satisfaction or happiness in life outside of doing things for the other person. So if you have no joy or happiness in your life, unless you're doing something for that person, that's codependency. If you're staying in the relationship, even though you're aware that your partner does hurtful things to you, that's codependency. Doing anything to please or satisfy or enable 
that person, no matter what the expense is to yourself. Also codependency. Feeling constant anxiety about the relationship due to your desire to always be wanting to make the other person happy. Using all of your time and energy to give your partner everything they want. These are all signs of codependency. Feeling guilty about thinking about yourself in the relationship, not ex- but not and being unwilling to express your personal needs or desires because you're worried about what the other person is going to say or do. And then ignoring your own morals or consciousness, to, your conscience to do what the other person wants. So if your focus is so much on that other person that you're giving up your own needs, desires, you're constantly worried about what they're going to think. You're constantly trying to make them happy and please them. You're doing anything to go out of your way to stay in the relationship, even though they're hurting you. These are all signs of codependency. And if you're recognizing that in yourself or your partner, it's time to really reevaluate if you should be considering staying in this relationship because it's getting toxic. Yeah. And then I want to add to, um, you know, a lot of times uh, I'm talking to guys especially a lot of times uh, if your partner is a manipulative which most of you don't realize it so because she's pretending to be like a victim and make you feel like a hero and make you feel like you need it because she i have to help her and then if you are the one who is providing 90 or 80 percent of whatever you should be doing as a man that is toxic and a codependent relationship and i'm telling you guys it is very important for you to realize that and the ladies do not use you know man's need to be a hero their desire to fulfill and provide do not take an advantage of their nature to get what you want and how you can manipulate to get what you want. That is not a love. You know, because if you truly love your man, you want to, you, you want to think about, yeah, you do have your need. I have my need too, but you don't want to think about what can I do for him as well? You know, a healthy relationship is two people as a couple to offer to each other, not how much you can take from each other. This is not some kind of business deal, you know? So that's what I wanted to add. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. So it's kind of like high demand and low gain. So if your partner or you or your partner are expecting too much from the other person to the point where you're obstructing each other's life goals. So people who are healthy and loving relationships don't make unnecessary demands. They're going to hinder their partner's growth and success. So obviously relationships should nurture that. They need to nurture that individual growth and happiness, not take away from it. So if you notice that you keep putting your important life goals on the back burner to maintain the relationship, it's definitely time to think things over. So, I mean, we've talked about a lot of reasons why you should leave a relationship. So how do you go about doing that, right? How do you really properly break up with somebody? Because I really believe there's, you can do this in a very conscious, loving way, you know? And if breaking up is the right way forward for you, it kind of tends to be complicated and sometimes 
really uncomfortable and at times nasty to people, you know, but um, there's a lot of complications that can be avoided if it's done right. And it really is important to do it with the least amount of damage as possible, because not only is it going to make it easier, but it's going to help both of you move on much easier, much better, right? Much better. That's not very good grammar, but yeah, <laughs> move on better. Uh-huh. So um, there are some effective ways to do this. So it's really important to be objective, right? Making the decision to end a relationship while being super emotional is a big mistake, right? So really try not to do this when you're in the heat of an argument, when you're really emotional, upset. It's much harder to problem solve and consider solutions when you are in the moment and really like entrenched in intense emotions. Um, Erica, what do you want to say? Yeah, and also um, a lot of times, a lot of people wonder, you know, when you try to put nice filled word to say, oh, it's not me, oh, it's not you, it's me, blah, blah, all, all kind of those like pretty break up word, even in divorce, don't use that. Because a lot of people, they wonder why this person left me, you know? You don't want to give precise reason why this isn't working out. Without talking about emotions, without talking about, oh, you know, two years ago, oh, but the cafe, this happened, you did, you said this and that, not like that, but state clearly why this isn't working without being emotional. So the other person knows how come this isn't working. So, um, by knowing that it's easy for the other person to moving on as well because they don't have to keep on wondering what was wrong with uh, me or what did i do wrong or what i didn't do yada 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 if that is keep on linking into his or her mind it's very difficult for your partner to get over you and your job is to tell them exactly why this isn't working. Without being emotional, without being blaming the person, and that is very important to do that. And it's always a good idea to break up with person with thank you. That's how I usually do. <laughs> because when you end your relationship, you know, as a, at least a friendly level, as a friend or acquaintance, then um, you can move on, you know. Just because you can't really continue your union as a married couple or a romantic relationship couple, that doesn't mean you have to be in a war or hate each other. You aren't simply working out, but you can still be friendly, you know. So, yeah, that's important. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Um, it's really important, everything you said, too. And and in addition to that, I would say follow through with your decision. Don't add any more drama to the whole thing by changing your mind at the last minute. That's why it's really important to make sure you think things through. You know, don't do it on the fly. Don't do it in the spur of a moment. Don't do it in the middle of an argument. You know, a lot of times um, people tend to feel like they're stuck 
in a bad decision. You know, like you have to decide between two bad choices. But moving forward doesn't have to wait until you have this perfect plan because obviously there is no perfect plan. There's no perfect time to do it. Just breathe, move, and connect to the vision of the future that you want. And from that emotional space, then have that conversation with your partner. And make sure you have a good support system. It's really important to depend on your friends and loved ones when you're going through something like this. You can't go through it alone and you shouldn't have to. So establish a good support system. Surround yourself with people who love you, who uplift you, not people who are going to urge you to make stupid mistakes. Um, You know, because I know that I've had, I've gotten some very bad advice from people (laughs) that I know in the heat of the moment. So, I mean, that support group can include friends, family, coaches, therapists, anybody who could hold a higher vision for you as you navigate through this difficult change. Hi and welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. This is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, having a conversation today with a very dear friend of mine, Erica Frozono. She's also a relationship coach. And we're going to be talking about when to let a relationship go. What signs do you look for? How do you know? How do you know that this relationship is no longer serving you? And when do you walk away? And then also, how do you do that? How do you do that in a conscious, loving way? So I hope you enjoy the conversation. Let's get started. Thank you so very much for being here and giving this episode a listen. It is always my pleasure and honor to serve you in this way. I would love to just mention really briefly that I do hold a class twice a month. It is free. It is called Manifesting Your Soulmate. And the next one is actually tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And I would love to have you register and invite you to attend if you're interested in that. You can find the link to register in my Instagram bio. My Instagram is at I am underscore Tanya Alberti. That is at I am underscore T-O-N-Y-A A-L-B-E-R-T-I. And you could just pop over there and register for that class and I would love to have you. A lot of times people don't realize that when it comes to manifesting relationships, there are a few key ingredients that um, a lot of the mainstream talk about manifesting tends to leave out uh, that really affects how you call those relationships to you when it comes to using the law of attraction. So I would love for you to check that out if that's something that resonates with you. Otherwise, I will see you next week for another amazing episode on relationships, sex, dating, and spirituality. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week and take care.